Hello, Michelle. Hello, Andrew. Do you know what today is? What is today? Today, um, well, you might argue this. Today is a day off. It is a day off. I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking about um, how rarely cast iron, and by cast iron I mean you and me, mm. we actually take a day off that's not in some way factored in by that hour we're prepping for something at cast iron. It's not always cast iron. There are other stuff going on in our life, but it's still a work-related thing. Yeah, and you know what I did? What did you do? During this day off, I said, oh, you know what we haven't done, Andrew? We should do a podcast update about what's going on at cast iron. Do you know what? Even that opening question wasn't even a moment moment of sarcasm. I I hadn't even factored in the fact that we're doing a podcast (laughs) as part of work. Ah. Um, But it doesn't feel like work because we're sitting on... a quite creaky sofa yeah uh, but i think that that speaks well of our day-to-day life even if our day-to-days don't often have days off because we decide to do this out of joy and going ah yeah yeah but i wonder how there's a line from uh, about a boy by nick hornby Mm. uh the book uh, rather than the film i don't think it's in the film and because the main character in About a Boy has an independently wealthy uh, lifestyle. He's, uh, he gets lots of uh, royalties from a Christmas song that his dad wrote mm. before he was born. And so he's genuinely never had to work a day in his life. Yeah. And so he's been very comfortable when he's um, just um, sort of ambled through life. And he has no pull on his time, either through career mm. or relationships. There is, there is nothing that takes his time up. And he goes through his day and he sort of he gets up and he has coffee and he has breakfast and he reads the papers and he might go and see a film and mm. whatever. And he feels that he still doesn't have enough time in the day. Yeah. There's a line in the book where he genuinely doesn't understand how people who have regular lives cope. Yeah. And the line that Nick Hornby ends the paragraph with is that the character suspected that um, people with everyday jobs must be taking some very unsanitary shortcuts. <laughs> uh, literally the idea of going, well, how the hell do you even have time to take a bath or a shower? Mm. And that's if you've genuinely got all the time in the world. Because people often say, because um, we listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah. and they're inspirational podcasts, and a line that often keeps in coming up, I want to ask you about what you think about this, is when because you're you, you you and I are both independently writing uh working on some big writing projects at the yeah. moment, uh, which we might take up we'll talk about later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's when we get the opportunity to do that, and sometimes podcasts or inspirational memes um tell us that Einstein had 24 hours in the day, Stephen King had 24 hours in the day, J.K. Rowling has 24 hours, we all have the same amount of hours in a day, mm. which sounds very liberating and sounds very sort of uh, gird your loins, but it's not true, is it? Well, that was loaded. <laughs> I don't know. I think I agree with that. I think I think I do agree that that we all have the same amount of time and it's how we choose to spend it. And... We don't, a lot of us have to work, but so did JK. Well, JK didn't work, I believe, but she was, she was certainly raising a child single. No, she did work, I think. I can't remember. Was she, is it, is it the, the myth about JK Rowling that she, she was a single mum and she was unemployed when she was writing? I don't believe it's a myth. I believe that's true. Yeah, I don't know my facts, but at least she was very busy being very, poor and trying to yeah. survive. Being poor is, uh, even being unemployed is a full-time occupation. Yeah. I guess that gets at what I, my concern with that inspirational meme is, in that, yes, technically and scientifically, we have the same 24 hours a day, but if you're having to work two full-time jobs yeah. doing 12-hour rent- shifts... Yeah, it's, it's privilege. It all comes down to privilege and it all comes down to what you're... And by privilege, I mean what you're born into because we're not... It's not equal. We're, we're, all, we're all raised in different ways with different backgrounds and different amounts of cash to start us off. We don't all start on go yeah. on the Monopoly board of life with the same £200. No. We, we start at very different places. And... Um, I I massively think that the roof over your head or the the way 
that you're housing yourself or, or you know, all the different variations on your housing has such an impact on your day and what job you can do, what job you do do, uh, whether you can afford to drive a car in this country, whether you can afford to go out, whether you can afford to change your job, leave your job, if you're walking to and from everywhere, if you're living in a share house, if you're living in a house that's rented at extortionate rates, or if you're lucky enough to, you know, be living in your family home paying no rent, or were, frankly, given a home that has a huge impact. And I think the more I, the more I see, the more I believe that everything comes down to housing, because it's certainly something that interests me. And um, it's something that, you know how you can, you see your point of view in everything, don't you? You yeah. see your sort of sub, but what is your housing like? That's kind of my, what I tend to think with everyone. So I think that that idea of having all the time in the world very much, yeah, I, I think we all do have the same amount of time. So I do believe that we all procrastinate a lot. We all do things that we know is a bit of a waste of time. But half the time, and I think that's what you were trying to say, um, or what you were saying, half the time you're just so knackered because you're working to keep the roof over your head. You're playing catch up and trying to earn that money yeah. to survive. Uh, talk about money, mm. we were very um, privileged and happy to be at uh, the Sunley Assembly mm. this morning held at St Andrew's Church in Brighton, yeah. uh, which is a semi-regular... Um, it's a it's a secular service. Yeah, it's a, it's a secular service about um, being joyous and grateful for life and um, community and coming together. And you sing songs and you um, have lectures. It's like TED talks. It's um, yeah, because I think it's important to say it's not as worthy as that might sound, no? or not as intentionally worthy as that sound. It's genuinely a, a get-together yeah. of ideas. It's a get-together, it's free, <coughs> it's community, it's, um, it seems very lovely. We've only been once, yeah. and I know that up and down the country, um, it's it's just a fab organisation. They're raising money for charities all the time as well, so they're just great. It's um, And the theme this month was money. Um, so that was really interesting. So I think that's on our minds as well. But this all is goes against the the original point, which was this is our day off, and yet we're still doing a cast iron podcast. Yeah, because we haven't for a while. We've, no, we, we've um, been given because cast iron itself is we've just had, and we'll talk a bit more about this in a moment. We've just had our last show of 2018 yes. at the cast iron selection box, and. We've kind of consciously decided to give ourselves a bit of a break. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, you know, well, give our audiences a bit of a break. Yeah. We'll still be working quite busy up until about um, January, February. But uh, we next get on a stage mm. at, at about February, March time. Um, and so it's about being able to sort of like do that thing of the end of the year and taking stock of where we are, yeah. what we've done, where we've come to. Yeah. And um, also prepping now our next... Mm. podcast guests yeah so we um see we always aim to have the podcast be really regular um and like a weekly thing and i think even if you go back and listen to the first few episodes we might even mention it that we'll like, oh, we release it every thursday or something like that and that you know life gets in the way and that hasn't happened and um we also did a lot of live shows uh throughout 2017 and 18 um, which have tailed off a little bit as well. Um, but I think what what's happening now, it's a weird thing with Cast Iron as a business and also um, as a podcast, as a, as a piece of art, really, is that we've become really secure in what we do and we've become really a lot more stable in what we do. And the result of that weirdly enough becomes less output and more of a reflection period and now a real solid plan for yeah. 2019 2020 so we're at that really odd stage of sort of 
um, on a bit of a, I'm doing a weird hand gesture that's sort of like a seesaw, but I think I mean it's like a, a tipping point. Yeah, what, what it looks like for Alice <clears throat> is what it looks like. If you know in animated films when the artist wants to make some metaphorical point about the passing of life yeah. or, 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 the, or death, and the final leaf of a tree. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, yeah, that's what it is. It, you, what your hand gesture is, it's the final petal in Beauty and the Beast before the beast has received love's true kiss. So that's not the point that I was no, it's making. Not. No, no I'm sorry. it was more of a tipping point yes. sort of thing, but I didn't go over the edge of my imaginary point. Um, but yeah, no. I think I think that's where we are with Cast Iron. I think we're, we've. We've gone, oh, December 2018, we're really secure now. Yeah. We're really happy with what we're producing. Let's have a little rest. And that's terrifying as a business. Yeah, I mean... Uh, taking a month to just chill and prep and, well, two months it'll probably be. And it's interesting that you, you say sort of uh, prep and chill because those two things don't go together. Um, and mm. I think we probably will be doing a lot of, of prepping while trying to chill. It's so that though, when you're when you're a writer, when you're a creative, I think that you end up. Um, there's no, it's it's like the blessing of it, but also the curse of it that you. There's no such thing as time off completely, yeah. as we're proving today. But also, as soon as the fog of oh, I'm doing this, that, and the other thing has lifted there's like a lull of about half an hour and that sort of lull and time off immediately sparks new ideas if you're lucky gosh yeah. if you're lucky like that's amazing and it's great but that that sort of that's also a, a annoying thing sometimes as well that sounds so it sounds so glib and it's not it's not entirely I sound so oh it's such a hardship being an artist coming up with all these fantastic ideas. That's I mean, not quite what I mean, but I it sort of is. I think it's a sense that and this will sound equally glib, really. Uh, but you're never off. Yeah. So and the line that I was cautious about saying because it potentially sounds glib is when you work in an office uh, or when you work in a supermarket when we have worked in and we have we do yeah. both, of those, both of those things you don't necessarily take that work home with you no now i don't think that's entirely true i think you probably one does do that you take the sort of scars of that home yeah. with you a lot yeah but i think that if i'm writing something i'm working on a play or a book mm. that a rabbit suddenly leaping out um on a pathway as i'm walking home that'll fix an idea that's um yeah apparently, <laughs> apparently i'm looking forward to the new adaptation of watership down yeah i was gonna say gosh you walk along some busy roads i'm really concerned about these rabbits did you um, my uh, oh god we're off my my, my mother <laughs> we nearly stayed on a point my mother did do that genuinely <laughs> typical uh, mother thing of um <laughs> Be careful! I don't want you ending up in a ditch somewhere. Yes. And, and I grew up in Croydon. I, I grew yeah. up in uh, suburban Croydon. You know, basically uh, tarmac city. I, where are the ditches? I would have had to bring out my own. I would have to bring out my own bucket of mud in order to create a ditch in order to fall into it. Do you know what? I always thought the ditch was like the. Of course, yeah, because that's quite countryfied, it is. isn't it? I thought the ditch was like what's that called? Oh, gutter. Ah. Don't you dead in a ditch? I thought that was like the gutter. Of course, that's not what a ditch is, is it? No. no. Oh, that's changed well, my image completely. I was I was imagining I, getting I, run over by a bus. Our parents gave us the worst advice. I guess a, a, like a, a, wear a, clean underwear in a, case you're knocked over by a bus. I guess a gutter is the urban version of a ditch. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Blade Runner version of a ditch. But they never said, I "Don't want to find you dead in a gutter." It was no. always dead in a ditch. Yeah. That's not what they didn't want us to... This has gone weird, Andrew. No. You're talking about rabbits. Let re oh, let's okay. rewind so let's, that. Well, let's rewind even further. Cause, uh, <laughs> what, um, because this is our last podcast of the year. Yeah, that's, that's essentially what we should have said right at the beginning. And it is the last podcast of the year. And it's, we haven't really prepped for this, but it's worth remembering a bit of what we did this year. For instance, yeah. the first show actually ended up being about the third or fourth show because it was um, the short story nights. Um, which was uh, delayed by snow. Snow, yes, yeah, I and remember that, and the that snow. Was, um, what was the, do you remember what the theme of that was? 
fake. Fake. Yes, it was. Yes, it was fake. And so there's lots of uh, stories about lies and mm. um, mistruths. And it got mistruths. it got delayed by the snow. Yes. Uh, which meant it happened somewhat later in the it year. It happened in June. It happened in June. And then... July. Uh, June. June, uh, June sounds right. And it sounds remarkable because uh, I am in constant need of uh, affirmation and validation being seen in public. But it was a cast iron show that I did not actually attend. No. By the time we got a, a revised date, I was working elsewhere. Yeah. And so, uh, well, obviously, we've had this discussion before. I don't want the, um, the listeners to think that, you know, I've not thought to mention this to you before. Mm. But, um, Michelle, how did it go? It was really lovely. I, I The short story nights are kind of something that I've... Um, Championed. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought of that, I did that, but we d- we always come up with stuff together and it's more like a conversation, so it's not that. Yeah, it's the one that, that I feel quite close to. Yeah. Um, not least because it comes from that I love being read to, because um, it's just the nicest thing in the world to not even have to read words. Well, yeah. we love podcasts as well, yeah. so I love being spoken to. I love to just turn off. A part of my brain and just be spoken to so the idea of going to a really calm chilled night where you just there's no audience interaction there's no fear of anyone jumping out and doing their yeah. acting or any you know if you're if you're quite prone to um social anxiety or, or or just you just want to absorb stuff but you want to be outside of the house then a short story night is just the most wonderful because you're all sitting around being read to so yeah. I kind of that was what I wanted it to be and it has become um, and it's just a chance to have our writers write really interesting prose um, on a theme and yeah it went really really well there was a, there's a real range this year I, I know it's not the point you were making but I, I particularly uh, enjoy the fact that you spoke about um that one of the reasons you enjoyed the short story night was that there was nobody jumping out and doing their acting, which was <laughs> which would. which was so dismissive as not to even have a tone of derision. It was just <laughs> stated as banal fact. I say this as a non-actor. I mean, I have done a bit of acting. You have. I I secretly think that if I ignore the fact that 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 I if I secretly think that. If um, at some point I will act and then everyone will, will realise how amazing I am yeah. and then you, I'll you're be just, you're propelled just into... I am. And I think, you know, surely it can't be that, ha- that hard. But um, I also have a massive fear of letting everyone down. Yeah. So I think I'd only ever... Uh, or frankly being let down. And I, I just... I can't imagine working in a team where... <laughs> You have to rely on each other. God, I'm so better running an, my own business. Does aren't not I? work well. Where I was. I'm. Oh, I'm. So, yeah. So yeah. So I'm. I. The reason that I say doing their acting when I refer to acting in front of actors whilst directing, which is probably not the best thing to do, and I always say to people that one, I'm definitely not a natural director either, but. It's from Love Actually, and it's from the extras of Love Actually, isn't it? It's what you've... It's this phrase that I've gotten from you when you said you were watching the commentary of Love Actually. Oh, yes. And they said Andrew Lincoln had just done that scene with yeah. Kira Knightley, and he comes out of the Oxo Tower uh, on the South Bank and does his zipping up of his yes. uh, cardigan the in the background. one way and the other way, and it's, I am what I am. I do what I want, and I can hide. Zip, I won't go. I won't. Yeah, that. Yeah. And he's and in the commentary, they were laughing at him, saying, "Ah, Andrew Lincoln there doing his acting." It, it said with affection, admiration, and it's be- and, and, and I love him. And hey, he's gone on to a number of seasons of The Walking Dead. I, I, he is fabulous, and I will have no words said against him, but it's so... I love that, it, and it's it so al- affectionate. Is it is it alchemy in terms of 
because if you're good at something, it becomes, it looks effortless. Um, and, you know, I find I'm the same way somehow with um, dancers or singers, but both forms that I am mm-hmm. intensely uncomfortable with. And good dancers or singers appear to, it just falls out of them. Yeah, yeah, and I don't understand acting at all. Like, I, I, yeah, I say it, when I say, you know, like, uh, you don't want anyone jumping out at you doing their acting. For one, it's like I'm. I I I definitely need that anxiety. Also, that's not the way it works. I don't like. <laughs> they're not like ninjas. <laughs> I don't. I'm just thinking. I definitely need to do that anxiety tour before a show if there's any sort of audience interaction. Can you explain? Um, because this is something that we've spoken about a couple of times, mm. but. It may not be a thing that's obvious to people. What is an anxiety tour? So it's something that um, the so if you're ang- it's something that we offer as well. Let's cast iron theatre. That um, if you have anxiety or you just feel anxious that day or you just something that appeals to you, um, you can meet with a member of the team and not the cast not you know because they've got other things to be getting along with but you can you can go to the theater look at the set look at where your seat is have your seat reserved um and you can they it depends on the level that you want but you could you could have everything talk through you so they're going to come on from that direction they're going to say something over here um about half an hour and there's going to be some flashing lights happening here or um there is a bit of audience interaction but they'll know not to come to you or something you know like whatever you're as a as a company there's a real drive towards whatever makes an audience member feel like they're not going to spend the whole time thinking something might happen next something might happen next that that then then they would do that but it depends i mean and also it's about accessibility and what is accessible for one person would ruin the entire thing for another person and i am certainly someone who does not like tension building up in a narrative to the point where i feel scared i don't like horror films i don't need to watch that i find it really distressing and that's totally me that's not i totally get that other people would love it um and i might write things that are actually a bit scary occasionally but it doesn't ruin my enjoyment of a thing and certainly in reality the enjoyment of someone acting and the art of it all it doesn't enjoy. It doesn't ruin any of that if someone has told me it's going to happen in advance. And I know we sometimes disagree on that. If 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 you say I'll watch this film that's got tension in it, and I will demand that we either I fast forward the tense bits if you've already seen it, so I can watch it and then go, without the sound, and then go back and watch that bit properly. I need it's too much for me, and that's. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And, and, uh, it's <laughs> impossible for many of us to understand what the mm. different levels of... Um, what's the word we're using? Um, um, anxiety mm. um, that people might have in what is... I use this word uh, carefully, obviously, a safe space. And even though it's clearly a, mm. a safe space, people will go, well... Uh, do you know what I'd like? I'd like to know where the exits are. Yeah, because uh, there's, like there's anxiety about the narrative and what's happening on stage and whether you're going to get called on. So if it's a comedy thing and you know you don't want, you might not want to get picked on. And we had a conversation about this yeah. earlier, um, a couple of months back, at our second short story night of the mm. year with uh, the uh, horror stories. Yeah, and that's a less surprising. Mm. Um, expression of anxiety yeah. that um, the audience member we were speaking with uh, acknowledged that they weren't they they weren't going to be happy if somebody suddenly did a boo sound yeah. or jumped out. Yeah, because uh, they wanted spooky stories, but they didn't want acting spooky. No, which actually is what um, the cast iron Halloween short story yeah. is all about. There are yeah. no bangs. They didn't want what's it, woman in 
black yeah. kind of they didn't yeah. want one of the actors suddenly sitting in the audience next to them doing the story yeah. bit they wanted that which is totally yeah like you say what it was going to be but they were just checking yeah they were happy to help. Yeah, yeah. So what else uh, um, has happened this year? There was uh, we went um, to the Met. We did. We put on uh, Dead Cat Bounce. Yes, which uh, is by yourself. By myself. It's not me by myself. It's <laughs> yeah. But it's written as playwright. It is. <laughs> you as playwright, and some people doing their acting. Yeah, they're doing their acting. Um, I directed them as well. Delightfully, I bet they were. Um, overjoyed by that. No, it was the fantastic uh, Chelsea Newton Mountney and Yvette May uh, performing in Dead Cat Bounce. And to be fair, they directed themselves. I don't know if that sounds less professional or not, but they're fantastic directors. Yeah. So they, it was more of a, it wasn't devised because it was written by myself, but it was certainly fleshed out and brought to life by all three of us. Yeah, because um, it was one of those experiences in that once you had had the skeleton of the plot and you you knew who you were writing for yeah and so once you'd workshop with them a couple of times you were able to push that dialogue and those things to their strengths yeah definitely yeah so they they you know and the, we sort of crafted the look of it together and the feel of it so that was uh performed in uh, sweet venues and then it went to uh the Met, which is uh, um, in Worthing. Uh, Northbrook College. Yeah, Northbrook College. So we, we did Met Fest there. Um, we also did One Woman Alien there as well. We've done One Woman Alien in, in Reading Fringe as well That's and right. up in Edinburgh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've we've done lots of things. We've done some cast iron did nights. Did a cast iron nights, short of, play nights. Which was yours. I was trying to remember if that was this year or last year. Yes, but it, it was only this year, only this imagine, year. yeah. Um, which was a series of plays all by me, which is bluntly less indulgent than it sounds. Cause, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cast Iron's been going for five years now. And yeah. um, we've done about... Well, the last one that we just did was Cast Iron 11, but it's quite evident to anybody who's been a regular audience member that we've yeah. done about 15 or 18. But we certainly have done Cast Iron nights that were not numbered. They were either... Yeah. Um, like special, either yeah. towards a seasonal point or towards a particular playwright. Yeah. And so this year that was me. Yeah, and it has been Richard Hearn in the past. And yourself. And myself. Um, yeah. And um, it's uh, yeah, we we had a lot of fun with that. There were a few that were brought back um, from previous nights, or a few new works as well yeah. from you. Um, and that was. A great night. We did our not just the companion. We did not with just the companion uh, Elena Manwaring as curator. So uh, tell us again, because that's going to be coming up again quite soon. What is not just the companion? So it's a night of um, monologues and two-handers, maybe yes. three-handers. Sometimes three-handers uh, that are written for men, uh, performed by women and those who identify as female. So um, it's gender flipped for want of a better term. I think I might want a better term for that. But gender flipped is is fine. That's yeah, acceptable. gender flipped uh, pieces. The idea being that uh, men tend to get the iconic scenes, yeah. the iconic speeches, and when you're looking for a great to be or not to be type speech for women, mm. they are more challenging to find not to say they don't exist and it's yeah getting slowly better but the ones that for want of a better word civilians have heard of will tend to have been written <laughs> for the men <laughs> i'm all about doing your acting and you're talking about civilians yeah <laughs> non-actors being civilians i think yeah. that it was somebody like um there's a balance i think somebody like liz hurley said that she said oh you know it's Got a real hugh grant liz hurley yeah, yeah. mid-90s reference it's difficult to, um, she was saying it's difficult to sort of sometimes um, be at ease with the civilians. That's not quite the, yeah, yeah. the word she used, civilians. And predicted the tabloids crucified her over this. Yeah. And I remember, even though I w was never, I'd never not been at that point being paid for a day's act in my life. Yeah. I, I, I thought, no, that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, that's entirely. I suppose whatever field you're in, if you're a chef, you'd feel the same way. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. yeah. So not just a companion is that it's that gender flipping idea mm. that uh, the, the the women get those iconic speeches. Yeah, that aren't the essentially Bechdel. No, not not entirely. Uh, I mean, we have strived for that. A couple of our short plays have been mm. uh, Bechdel uh, passing. Do you say do you say Bechdel? I, I say Bechdel. I, like I think you're saying it right. I always said Bechdel, and then I I think I made the point of making sure that I listened to somebody else pronounce it and probably something like Alison Bechdel herself. Yeah, <laughs> her own name. And so are, you, are you sure you're saying it right, it's, Alison? And, it, and it's not even, uh, strictly speaking, the Bechdel tests. What I'm doing here, Michelle, is I'm mansplaining the Bechdel Wallace test to you. Uh, Knowing that I already know it. Knowing that you already know it. But you're 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 you blushing now. <laughs> Are you blush? I am. You um, you do blush with yes. your masculine blush. Yeah, I can't white knight because I'm so red in face. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, I say Bechdale, You say Bechdel. Let's <laughs> yeah, call the whole thing off. <laughs> the reason that I say Bechdel is I think I mix it up with that sauce that you put on lasagna, which I... is bechamel. Yes. I think I've always m- mixed that up, and it's only now. And lasagna is definitely a uh, token uh, symbol of the pa- patriarchy. I could I could get there, essay-wise, if you'd like me to. <laughs> well, um, Give me that, 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 yeah. that, that as your that's premise. Your de- that's your deadline for the next Yeah, no, I, I, could, I could turn that into a thing. Um, so... Uh, yes, yeah, so not just a companion. <laughs> oh, God. We only on March. We we. I didn't we, know this was going to be a look back over the year, but I like it. No, we we, we called it not just a companion. Uh, in those days before uh, such a thing as a non-male Doctor Who was conceivable. Yeah, and so therefore we invented the concept. You dropped your glasses. There. Yeah. You invented the concept of the female Doctor Who. I, that was you that did that. No, that I, was just you. I don't think we can claim that. No, I don't. I, don't. I think, that. did we borrow not just the companion off something else Not just well? a companion is not exactly a quote, but a soft quote from a blog from an American writer called Chuck Wendig. Ah, uh, uh, yes. And he wrote a great blog at some point when David Tennant was about to leave, mm. so quite a while back, and he was arguing, not particularly voraciously, that don't worry, stop whining, it's never going to be a woman, they're always going to cast a white guy. Uh, and he spoke about the politics of that and the financial mm. reasons for that, of that time, because even that is now in the distance past, yeah, it was, yeah. 2011, 2012. And then his last couple of paragraphs were, despite the fact he spent about four paragraphs saying, it's never going to happen, it's always yeah, going to be a white yeah. guy, get over it, you, your show's going to stay the same. He spent the last couple of paragraphs going, and that sucks, Yeah, but yeah. it's not good enough. Yeah. And his main thrust of that closing argument was, I don't want my kids to sort of uh, grow up in a world where only the boy can be the leader yeah. and only, and the girl is reduced to just being the helper, is just being the companion. Yeah. And so that's largely where that um, comes from. Not just the companion, yeah. Nice. So yeah, and then as you said, we did, we did Edinburgh. We did Edinburgh. We took two shows to Edinburgh uh, this year, which was Year Without Summer. Yes. And One Woman Alien, which if you are um, a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know all about because we chatted about at length, I think, um, during this year in preparation. And also whilst we're at Edinburgh, we we chatted about those two shows. Um, And if you're not a regular listener, this is probably the time, then welcome. And this is probably the time to go back through the 50-odd episodes more yeah, at some point, we'll, 60 episodes, yeah. lots of episodes. At some point, what we'll do is on our Twitter feed and whatever, we'll we'll give you a helpful... Because it's tough, isn't it? To sort of yeah. like, um, and you don't have to listen to them in, in order. No, no. Like the spoilers and whatever. They're like information text, you can come in at any point. Yeah, and we're going back over two or three years now. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting for ourselves. To, I was thinking about this earlier today mm. on my day off about going back. But I guess my point is, at some point on the uh, Facebook page and whatever, we'll 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 suggest the the four ones that you might want to 
visit first, I think, yeah, give, yeah. give a good taste of the uh, website, of uh, the podcast. podcast. Yeah, but yeah, we we, we did take um, not just a companion and one one alien to Edinburgh. They both we did. we never took not just a companion out to Edinburgh. Did I say not just a companion? We, you did, but but we have spoken about that. We have spoken about that possibility. Oh gosh, I've opened that tin of worms, haven't I? I don't think the cast would like to be referred to it as that. Doing their acting. Doing their acting. Doing their wibbly wobbly acting. But I do. I gosh, I'm going to have every actor not want to work with us ever again. So it sounds really offensive, doesn't it? No, it's fine. It's fine. But what we, uh, I think, we can sort of acknowledge because I don't mm. think we've mentioned this out loud. Be- well, we've mentioned it out loud before, but I don't think we mentioned it on the podcast before. Is that that's not the last we've seen of One Woman Alien? No, because next year is 2019. Yes. And that's 40 years since the uh, cinema release of the, the film Alien. Oh, that's terrifying. But yes, 40 you, you, years. You say that as if you were there in the opening audience and that you remember it clearly. No, but I am approaching the age where that is... Um, that, that doesn't seem that long ago. No, no. But I, I almost remember that time. Yes. Uh, the past of a different country. Absolutely. I think that's a misquote of the future, isn't it? The future is the undiscovered country. No, that's... Uh, or is that the, Spock? The, they're both quotes, uh, I believe. Um, the past is the undiscovered... Is the, un, uh, the past of a different country, they do things differently there. Hmm. I want to say William Faulkner, but that's wrong. Uh, um, and I believe undiscovered country is um, Hamlet. Oh. Uh, uh, and Star Trek. I think Shakespeare got there first. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say. Although there is a Gene Rottenbury, Ro- Rottenbury, <laughs> Gene Rottenbury, Rottenbury. Although there is a fantastic line in, <laughs> I think it is um, Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country. There's a fantastic line where um, one of the Klingons says, "Oh, um, uh, Shakespeare's uh, great, but it's even better when you hear it in the original Klingon." Ah, yes, I do know that line. Yep. Yeah. Oh. but yeah. So, so yeah, um, that's been revitalised for the 40th anniversary, not Star Trek, um, One Woman Alien has been revitalised for the 40th anniversary of Alien. Yeah. So we're back, um, yeah. we should announce it. We should. We're, we're back at the Brighton Fringe. Yes. We're back at the Edinburgh Fringe. Yes. And those are not the only dates we're going to be doing in 2019. No, no. So we're no. taking full advantage of the anniversary, yeah? We are indeed. Um, we're also bringing Dead Cat back. <laughs> I went for all the words at once then. Yeah. We're also bringing back Dead Cat Bounce. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're hoping to get a few dates for that out. We're hopefully going to be in Prince's Playhouse in Eastbourne as well. Yes. With a couple of things. And that's going to be reasonably early in the year. Yeah. In that March time. Yeah. Um, and that'll be with Dead Cat Bounce and One Woman Alien. We're um, doing lots of things. We're going to... The podcast might have a visiting podcast coming in yes. for a little while. Tell us about that. So about oh, more than 10 years ago now, I created a... I created alone with no help. What's that? That's not true. I co-created yeah. a uh, comedy podcast called Finsbury. Because it was, it was a... Um a drama. It was a, it was a drama. It was. It's a six-parter, I believe. Um, gosh, I shouldn't think I should know. With other those <laughs> people, those voice actors <laughs> doing their voice acting. Doing that, I was in it as well. I did. I did some acting. Uh, yeah, I, well. I recognised your voice. Yeah, I did accents and everything. It's great. But yeah, um, it's. And I co- recognised your voice. Yay! <laughs> God, you're shade. Oh, shade. Um, uh, fair though. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I should not mock anyone on accents. No, you should not. Since I can't even master my own. Your own mother's accent. No, 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 just my own. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, you can't. Oh, that's a, incredibly dismissive of your own self. So Finsbury. Yes, <laughs> Finsbury is a six. I'm going to go with six. Finsbury is Sounds a right. six-part uh, comedy drama. Um, a sci-fi dimension hopping. It's about Rollock. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great. It was created by myself, uh, Will Parsons, and Rebecca Bowley, and has a cast of people that are just sensational. And 
including myself, obviously. Um, no, but it's just beautifully written, still makes me laugh. Um, and we've decided that we're going to publish it on this feed. Yeah. So at some point, you'll get a little uh, takeover for six weeks of um, Finsbury. Yeah. So hopefully that'll happen in early uh, 2019. Um, yeah. Because why not? Um, we're hopefully going to have lots of interviews as well. So let's talk about that in terms of... There's a couple of people that we're talking to. I'm prepping to talk to uh, now about rain, uh, arranging dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as ever, if you have found us uh, on watch whatever platform provides your podcast mm-hmm. and you think that uh, this podcast sounds perfectly fine and lovely and engaging, but will make it better is less of the voices of both Andrew and Michelle <laughs> than uh, and you like a guest. Basically, our criteria, which we can be prepared to be quite loose on, but mm. our criteria is basically if you are a creative sort, mm. again, interpret that how, how you might wish, that you have some connection with Brighton, either you're literally working and living in Brighton, or literally one of your 108 tour dates mm. is passing through Brighton. Yeah. Uh, then that's good enough for us. Yeah, and we we just we we're all about chatting about creativity and and what it is that people do and um, just spreading the word about people's work and and spreading the love. On that subject, can I give a shout out? You you're about a year ahead of me on this because uh, mm. my podcast were backed up for a while while I my phone died and I couldn't listen to any. Yeah, your phone gave up in data. Yeah, so I'm about two years behind. Literally, um, I'm about two years behind on podcasts I want to catch up on. Um, mm. Some of them sound very hopeful about Hillary Clinton getting in. Oh, um, and, so but the podcast that um, you had infused about for quite some time, and I knew that I would enjoy, and indeed do enjoy, but I've only got to start listening to this month mm. is uh, Creative Loving Spirit. Yes. Uh, which is, what tell us a bit about that? Because that's so the last one to give a shout out to. It's a friend of the podcast, uh, Paul McCauley. McCauley. No, they don't like, they don't want that, but I love it, they're great. Um, So Paul McCauley, um, who wrote Bug Camp back in the day, he's connected to uh, Broken Silence. Broken Silence Theatre Company. Yes. Um, He is a fabulous, lovely, creative, kind soul and a maker and a and a, a doer um and he chats to other local creatives and makers about art and what their creativeness is all about yeah I mean, it sounds in the table of ingredients like it might share a lot of dna with our own podcast and indeed it and does and it sort of does but there's a different vibe to it in certain, so i yeah, i like to, i like to think that we do do this but it's certainly much more tangible in Paul's podcast that he's really fascinated by not what gets them up in the morning, but yeah. how their creativity pulls them. So I think we talk about how do you create. Yeah, and uh, what is the what thing that you've created. Whereas I think Paul is very fascinated by how does that creativity shape your life and yeah. pull you through. Yeah, and it's, it's fascinating to listen to. Um, and... Uh, just certainly worth a listen. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly worth a listen. It's, it's yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, that's definitely a podcast that I've yeah. been enjoying recently. So in terms of podcasts from across the pond that I would recommend, um, anything, frankly, by Gimlet Media. Yeah. Uh, Startup is sensational. Um, and uh, without fail, um homecoming it's very very good um gosh there's so many wonderful podcasts you you've been enjoying west wing weekly haven't you i have and again i'm about well 10 years behind but actually in terms of talking about the podcast and friends podcast uh our, our friend of the podcast uh, mm-hmm. okay, uh, brian rust who we uh, got to chat to yeah, on the podcast in, in edinburgh um i was thinking about messaging him on twitter today on my day off because it suddenly occurred to me, I remembered, and I don't think we made it clear to him, that because w- he sent us a script for yes. one of our, uh, the cast iron selection box, mm-hmm. and which is a sort of a karaoke night where actors will read two-handed scripts yeah. where 
they put their name in a hat. They're in the audience. Yeah. And so it's audience members doing their acting. Yeah. And uh, they <laughs> won't have read the script before. Yeah. And Brian sent us a script which um, got through. And it sort of point out got through its own merits. Yeah, it was fab. And it made me giggle quite loudly in... I was going to say in a public place, but that sounds like my body, yeah. so like <laughs> my hand rather than my foot. Um, but it made me giggle in a cafe quite loudly. But what I was going to chat to uh, Brian, and hello Brian, how are you? Hello. Um, uh, I actually quite pleased that um, the audience member, the kind of audience member that got to read half of that script yeah. was me. Yes. Uh, and I thought Brian might be, you know, he might be horrified and go, oh, really, Andrew? No. <laughs> He's got that thing where he can't do an accent. Um, <laughs> and, um, but yeah, Brian, thank you for those lovely words because I yeah. really greatly enjoyed them. And uh, I had, um, I, I think I had one of the best jokes of the night, which I won't repeat here. No. Uh, not because it's, you know, awful, offensive or rude. No, just so you don't want to give it away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was oh, fun to do. That was great. I wonder if, if Brian is um, meeting lots of creatives in in America. Because yeah, I, I wonder if he'd record bits, like he could be our, like, uh, attaché yeah, I mean, in he America. Goes, he goes, I, don't, I don't know about American geography enough, but maybe 100 or 200 miles down, or maybe not even that far, down the coast, there is, I think, I think, if I got my geography a bit right, there's a place called Brighton. Is there? Yeah, because... Uh, Massachusetts. Brighton, Massachusetts? Massachusetts. I don't know if it's there. Oh, isn't that where Brian is? No, isn't he in Boston? Boston, yes. Oh, uh, that's think, in Massachusetts. Yes, I think Brighton is close... I can't I say Massachusetts. No, so stop. Certainly can't spell it. So, um, Mississippi. This is where I embarrass myself by not having done the research before. Yeah, I think yeah. Minutes. No. I think uh, Brighton is... Um, Closer to New York, that's where I'm definitely going to fell him and get it wrong. Yeah. Uh, but there's a play uh, by Neil Simon called Brighton Beach. Ah, um, okay. And so, yeah, there's a Brighton, there's a Brighton Beach. Ah. And um, he could go to do his recordings there. Yeah. I wonder well, if it's at all similar. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say that Brighton Beach UK and Brighton Beach USA are. I'm going to say they're going to be fundamentally different. Do you reckon? Yeah. I know nothing about yeah. that. Um, but yeah, it's a nice thought. That could be good. Brian so, could maybe do a few little recordings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we've suddenly commissioned you, <laughs> Brian. But yeah. with a no pay or remuneration no, whatsoever. Yeah. So, I wonder if you'll listen to this and then be really horrified because we're gonna the fi- tax implications we're, we're, in America. I don't know. We're going to find that our subscriber level on iTunes is going to go down by exactly one. One. Yeah. To me, nobody is listening. By the time... I won't, maybe we won't mention this. By the time you listen to this podcast, it will have already been the shortest day of the year. Yeah. Uh, we'll be hurtling towards Christmas. And, you know, to make that rather dull, boring, dad-type comment, the days are now genuinely getting longer. Yeah. So there, is, there is life awakening we are hurtling towards a new year. Can you remember what hope we had going into 2018? Yeah. You, yeah? No. No? No, well, we wanted it to be better than 2017. Was it? Well, we wanted that to be better than 2016. Was it? We're not. It's, I think, it jury's out. So I think that there, there has been, in the nation and in the world, there has been contention. Yes. There's been contention. And at, you know, you've moved on to your Christmas message. My I like my, it. my wish for you. <laughs> is we we did this. I I teach you theatre, and oh. one of the final um, things <laughs> was I got about four kids, and it was all improv. I hadn't prepped it yeah. at all, and they were varying ages. Um, I got four or five of them to do an alternative Queen speech. Oh, nice! And a couple of them were just you know, not just. I think it's very sincere, very yeah. lovely. Uh, we're talking about uh, be kind and be nice and be lovely yes, yeah, and, I would have and, done and that. we hope yeah. that you enjoy Christmas and you yeah. have time with your loved ones and some people um, as you would expect from um, young actors got a bit embarrassed and go uh, yeah Merry Christmas yeah, yeah. Fun. Uh, one uh, young actor who I think was one of the youngest about you know 11 or younger mm. went oh I'm sorry about that it's been a bit of a tough year hasn't it <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you um 
Well, that's so I get for the next few weeks and <laughs> get on for next year. Buckle uh, down. And I don't know, uh, dear listeners, if I can offer you a better or more concise or sincere Christmas wish than that. We are all in it together. If you are listening to this and it appeals to you, then know that there are people out there who waffle along like this all day long and that there is art and there is stories and there is stuff and there is always hope and there is always kindness and people get through things and it will all be okay and you should just be kind to yourself and cut yourself a little bit of slack sometimes and... Be, I got a bit emotional though. Yeah. Be nice. And I think, you know. Be nice to yourself and be nice to others. I'm sorry I interrupted you while saying <laughs> be nice to others. No, oh. And, uh, you know, Cast Iron Theatre, we're doing reasonably well and we hope to do much, much better. Yeah. And we are. This isn't a, a self deprecating as it might sound. We are fully aware that here at Cast Iron Theatre, we may be a lovely little theatre company that you have genuinely never heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we, you know, we're at that level. Yeah. And I think that's interesting, actually. If you are... Because I speak to actors and writers often throughout the weeks and months who um, don't know how to get their work put on mm-hmm. or how to um, be seen as an yeah. actor. Um, and we're at that rung and I think if you are listening to um, us and you just want to sort of chat to us and go well, how do you do that what, what about this um, how difficult is it to write an hour long play mm. as compared to a, a 10 minute play and get in touch there, there, are, um, yeah. there are plenty of uh, writing and acting podcasts out there and they will also have similar answers or different answers but I think it would be quite interesting for us to have the opportunity about talking about our experiences in Brighton and um, the advantages and disadvantages that we have of being able to create entirely new material. We don't don't produce existing material. And we have largely confined ourselves to content that is no longer than an hour. We've done 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour. We've occasionally done more full-length plays, although arguably that's without outside the cast iron banner itself. Yeah. And, yeah, so if you want to sort of uh, chat to us, ask us questions about our day-to-day yeah. experiences, not about what we have for dinner, although if, if you... Well, I mean, you will chat about anything, yeah. pretty much, it's, you know, as long as it's uh, sort of PG-level yeah. stuff. And we're going to spend <coughs> some time next year about... Um, looking at what rewards we can provide for you for our Patreon mm. um, supporters and extra content yep. from the podcasts, etc. And so, um, yeah. And, yeah, and I've been very sporadically recording a very in-depth and very raw podcast about the reality of setting up a theatre business so at some point in the next six to twelve months that may be mushed together into a bit of a a documentary podcast that we'll maybe put out Um, because I think there's a lot to what we're doing and a, a lot to learn and a lot of mistakes that we make that we can share and a lot of successes that we've had that we can share as well and I think yeah like you're saying um if we hear back from you guys about what it is that you like what we could improve on any questions that you have it would be really interesting and the interesting thing about the patreon is um nobody's got any money nobody's got any money at all um but occasionally you've got pennies and sometimes I think people feel embarrassed by well I'm not going to give them 50 pence a month or that, that's pointless but actually if if everyone did that then we then we we'd have a pound we had a pound yes for, yeah. for all our listeners so yeah look on our twitter feed uh look on it uh, try and follow the rabbit hole down to our patreon feed uh it's also where you'll find information about our next cast iron short play night and that's when we'll be seeking um, plays from you guys. Um, yeah, relatively our, soon. Relatively soon. And um, we haven't met 
announced a theme yet. Nope. We haven't decided if there's going to be a theme yet, but we'll just um, give you the heads up that our submission rate has uh, gone up this year yeah. about. Uh, I don't, my maths are, uh, are wrong, but about eight hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, we've we've broken through something uh, that we didn't realise, but <laughs> we we seem to have hit hit the level of um, being visible to new writers. So do do send your work in when those windows open, yeah. those submission windows open, because the the process of Selecting plays has gotten a lot tougher, and we really want to give everyone a chance. Absolutely, so. uh, we do have guidelines. Um, you uh, and you can email us for those guidelines because yeah. they're not long and unwieldy, but they're sort of um, a bit sort of laborious to have um, to trail through on a website. Yeah, so you can yeah. Email us, and we'll throw you a copy. Yeah, and if you are local to Brighton and you want to support us. Um, but not through our Patreon, then the best way that you can support us, of course, come and see the shows, um, as you all do anyway, I'm sure. But um, you could join the Cast Iron Foundry, which is um, something that you can join for a year. Yeah. Um, it's £36, which obviously equates to £3 a month. Um, and you pay 36 pounds you get a couple of tickets to cast iron shows you get a loyalty card you get the chance to come on one of our workshops that we do throughout the year um and it's just an amazing way of being part of the cast iron family as an audience member and um just supporting what it is that we do yeah um so yeah that we're we're hopefully going to have a big relaunch of the cast iron foundry this march yeah. as well and um, this march i'm already talking about it like it's happening now because yeah. my brain is already oh we're, we're, the we're there year. and we're and your mention of workshops reminds me that um we're shifting up the improv workshops mm -hmm. and making way for a series throughout the year mm -hmm. a couple of series of acting workshops yeah. as well so um keep an eye out for those yeah we 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 moved towards ending on a Christmas message, and we went back to adverts and yeah, we did. any other business. But this is it. What is a day off if not a chance to go? What is it that we do? Refocus. This is we are okay. 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 So let, let's end on this. Yeah. Because uh, we do. You know, last Christmas. I oh I don't want to I don't want to wham again anybody. So I won't sing that. Although no. I, I, apparently badly sung cover versions don't count. Oh so good. Okay. So um, you're fine then. Yeah. But um. We will be happy. Last Christmas, I, I fell victim to, I, I'm going to say, the first flu I ever had. Yeah, that was definitely flu. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I tend to go, no, it's fine, it's fine. No, that was definitely flu because you didn't go to work. Because, it well, it was the Christmas holidays anyway, yeah, which so meant we that you would, were not due no, to be at work. No. However, you would not have been going to work. No. Um, and you missed Christmas Day itself. Yeah, I did. Uh, people, you know, when people have arguments about points going about, oh, I've got a really bad cold, or oh, I've got flu. Yeah. And somebody always responds with, um, did you have flu, though? And somebody goes, well, no, yeah, no, I did. Yeah, I was really yeah. bad. Did you? Yes, I had flu. Could you get out of bed? Could you get out of bed? Could you get out of bed? And the person will go... Well, Yes, I had to go to the toilet or, you know, and yeah, get some yeah. food. Then you didn't have flu. If you get out of bed, <laughs> you didn't have flu. No, flu doesn't mean that you're paralysed. <laughs> now, while I still believe that, and I have little patience with the person saying, well, if you could get out of bed, yeah. you have flu. While I still dismiss that, yeah. I am now more sympathetic to their <laughs> argument. It was... Even in my delirium, it was fascinating to me going, oh, the days are only 11 minutes long now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're properly ill. But, but anyway. But we yes. have actual days off coming up. Yes. Um, so I ask you this question, terrified by the fact that I don't have an answer for myself. Yeah. What do you intend to do with these gifts of days off that are coming to us? Writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, well, it, it's a, that's a moment of pleasure, isn't it? That, that's well, I've I've set myself a, a soft target of writing a thousand words a day. Yeah. On a novel. Yes. Uh, and I'm on twenty five thousand words of uh, 
of a of a novel. And Does that mean that you've been writing for just under a month? Yes. Yeah, I think I've hit that, which is spectacular. I'm very proud of that. There are days when I don't write, but the days after, then I have to write. Yeah. Two thousand words. I mean, it's very soft target. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't beat myself up about it, but also I need that kind of discipline. Um, and I'm now getting to, I mean, it is the first draft, so there are a lot of they walked, they did see. Yeah. But you're right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm at the level now of going, would I rather read the book that I'm reading or actually carry on with the scene that I'm in or the yeah. bit that I'm in of the story? And I'm, I'm actually getting to the point where I'm like, no, I want to write my story. Sure, yeah. And you're right, even in those, because that's, that's, could be, I use this word of caution, it can be dismissed as a hobby, but it still works. It's a work that you enjoy and you'll yeah. create a story. Yeah. And I found that I've done that to myself this month. Yeah. Again, for just under a month, uh, I've been doodling, which I traditionally always yeah. did when I was younger. I'd just do cartoons and stuff, uh, but I've not done that for a while. And I've gone from sort of one extreme to the other. In the, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing the Sistine Chapel, yeah. but I have been doing a doodle a day. Yeah, with The Greatest Snowman. The Greatest Snowman, which is an advent calendar where cartoons of snowmen are recreating iconic scenes from movies, yeah. such as Jaws yeah. or Star Wars. Yeah, and it's great, and I love it, and I love that you're doing that. I, I think it's, you know, the fact that it's, it's uh, immediately, it's got its own Twitter page, is yes. so us, but actually... Yeah that kind of forces you to do it and i think if you didn't have that oh i, I must put it up put yeah. the put it up on twitter you know tonight because i have you know then yes. if you didn't have that i think both you and i would get distracted by the next shiny new thing yes. but um so yeah find it on twitter i mean it's the greatest snow as in s n o no w and then one yeah one. yeah and, and you know yeah and you can go to cast iron because i've retweeted right, loads yes. of them as well so yeah so and, our, and the podcast yeah so on our day off that, that that's what uh what you know yeah. as soon as we finish recording this episode of the podcast uh i'm mm. gonna go off and do today's yeah movie i'll tell you what i do do go on. for fun is that i cook I, I, I like cooking. You're I, literally cooking now. Yeah, this podcast. yeah. I had to stop halfway through this podcast to take a, a vegan apple apple crumble out of the yeah. the oven. Um, so yeah, I've been. I I am plant based in my diet. So which is to say that I am uh, vegan. Uh, so I have no meat and no dairy, no eggs, but that's a, a thing that I try to do and often I may fail occasionally but m the majority of my diet is plant-based um, so I've been trying to build a kind of collection of uh, vegan and plant-based recipes so I've been uh, noodling around in the kitchen making food so I think what I'll be doing over Christmas is a, a lot of those kind yeah. of things I still cook uh, a Christmas dinner for you yeah or we cook that together it yeah. sounds very wifey doesn't it welcome to 1952 although <coughs> last year that's literally what you had to do yeah and and I, I brought your Christmas dinner to you in bed which you no, I think I did get down here you did did you yeah yeah but very, uh, very oddly I have very little memory of that Christmas. Yeah. Snatches of memory. I think I actually forced you to go for a walk with me to the local park on Christmas Day. Yes, or maybe that was Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. Maybe it was. There's a photo of, of us. Wrapped up in a park. I look like I've just been released for an environment where I was chained to a radiator for 40 oh to 80 months. That's not what I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to go, I looked like I was released from a black and white movie, you know, like, because you were grey. So, you know, like, what's that? Suburbia or whatever that film was. Pleasantville. Pleasantville. Suburbia. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, that's the UK remake. <laughs> Didn't do well. No. So, yeah, days off. I'll be noodling around in the kitchen. I'll be uh, rearranging the rooms in the house yeah. to make it feel like a new house, you know, yeah. like you did when you were a kid and yeah. you rearranged your bedroom. Yeah. There'll, there'll be a lot of that going on. Um, and generally, um, 
watching a lot of baking programs yeah. on Netflix, like a bit of um, Nailed It, um, and uh, writing vegan recipes and writing stories, and probably leaving the house for a stroll occasionally. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. going sitting on the beach. Thank you for joining us at this podcast. Thank you for joining us uh, at any way that you did this year yeah. in 2018. Um, it's lovely um, at Cast Iron, because we speak about this a lot. I don't know if we've spoken about it on the podcast, but we speak about it a lot. But the name of a company is, is so much. The venue is so much. Even us, actually, the, uh, the, uh, the, the creators behind it are so much. But it is the audience, the audience who begin, especially returning audience, yeah. who go, oh, I like this. I like the work that this company is doing. Mm. I don't know anything about this next show, but I trust them. I'm going to come in and see this next show, even though I know nothing about it. Yeah, that's, and that's amazing. That's the most valuable thing, I think. Yeah. And so thank you for trusting us. Thank yeah. you for joining us. Thank you for being part of our audience. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next year. Um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We will see you in February yeah. time. Every time a bell rings, I've torn up a draft of my work in progress. <laughs> Every time a bell rings, Andrew gets annoyed. Yeah. <laughs>this has been the cast iron theater podcast presented by andrew allen and edited by michelle donkin music is chapstick by everett armand find us on twitter on facebook and our website castironbrighton.weebly.com subscribe to us and rate us on soundcloud and itunes thanks for listening chatting for 41 minutes which is quite a while yeah. um i'm going to check on the apple crumble because i put <laughs> i put an apple crumble in the oven yeah. what i made yeah. you carry on chatting we should wind it up now no no i'll just it's fine just i'll, I'll be one second imagine this won't look the evening edit so while i'm left on my own, I should um, begin to talk about the location of the um, the funds that I embezzled when I worked in a... Oh, hang on. Okay. Oh! <coughs> that was your knee, sorry. And so, yeah, uh, Finsbury, it will be... Um, <laughs> not coming in your head. <laughs> <laughs>